Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Dan, I really like books. I do too. And we don't have to feel bad about it, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast, you probably have some level of nerdiness to you, and you probably like books too, and you don't have to feel bad about it. I feel like we're like starting out like a self-help group for book lovers. Aren't all podcasts kind of self-helpy? It's like the whole, I mean, I guess not all of them. Like some of them, when it's like an, an installment in a story, that would be a whole other fun thing to do. Like, that's more like a webcast or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are podcasts, but it, it's almost like... There are like... podcasts that are, do like improv. There are improv podcasts that are just like funny um, comedy recordings. Oh, we should try one of those sometime. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Fools for Christ <laughs> improv addiction, there we go. edition. We could probably, maybe if we brought like... Some well, we will poll all of the the audience for uh, for Faith Fit and find out like who's the funniest single person who does podcasts, and then we'll invite them on our show <laughs> to do to do improv. That sounds like a plan. I'm guessing I'm guessing Father Martin's up there. Oh yeah, Father Martin's got to be up there. I feel like we just broke some kind of wall in podcasting, and that like we. Like now, all of a sudden, we're like we're acknowledging the existence of other podcasts and podcasters. Yes. Almost like like we, if we were a comic, we would just acknowledge the existence of outside comics and characters. It's <laughs> true. Right, like that. I know it doesn't need to be taken that seriously, but in a fun way, that's, that's how we feel. <laughs> yeah, we definitely just broke like a podcasting rule. Yes. That is not written anywhere. No. Um. But today we're talking about books. Yes, and study. And we are, so we're both probably a little nerdier than normal. Yes. Um, we both have really big personal libraries. Yes. But compared to the norm. Um, and we really like books. And it, like I'm, I impulsively buy books. Oh, and yes. I like I don't know when, I'll be honest, I buy a lot of new books and then I, there's a lot of books I've bought in the last two years that I have not read. And I buy them because they're great ideas but I'm too busy to read them. Or I don't make, probably it's better to say I don't make time to read them. Yeah. Um, I think we like reading because, or we like, probably not just so much reading. Like, I don't know about you. I sometimes scour the in, the internet for information. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like I get, I get trapped in, in Wikipedia sometimes because everything is so interesting and they link to all <laughs> the other interesting things in the world. Um, but apparently there's actually, uh, if you click on every link in Wikipedia, um, eventually it will, or no, if you click random article enough, it will always bring you back to philosophy. So it's not actually random. Like it will always bring you, it brings you down this chain to philosophy. It's kind of an interesting, like, I wonder what Wikipedia is trying so to tell like, us. If you go, like, so if you go to like the related articles to that first article and you click on one of them, I think and that's then what it is. Yeah. One, yeah. Then, Interesting. Let's we'll try that one next. Always go to philosophy. There's a, somebody did a write up about it. Like they actually tracked. The, there's a really pretty chart if you like charts of like the trajectories <laughs> of okay, like here's all the topics it goes through. Um, it was like a tree sprouting from philosophy. That's really um, interesting. 
Uh, but yes, I too love books. I love reading them. I love um, the worlds that books open to me. Um, I do, I feel like, um, I read some recently that books can be considered mentors. So like, it's always good to have a good job mentor. Um, I don't really, I have a few mentors, but I don't really know anyone who does what I do. And so I don't really have a special, a specialized mentor right. for my current job. Uh, whereas I, I did for my last job. Um, and so I realized like, wh- what else can I do? And I read this article about like five books being the equivalent of one good sit down mentor, uh, with a person. And I, um, went out and bought a bunch of books about summer camp (laughs) (laughs) to become my mentor about how I can um, provide a more excellent opportunity for the campers this year at summer camp. Um, But I just, I love that idea that books themselves can become that teaching tool and that guide for um, a better way of life. Did you find that they became that? Um, Yes. We have implemented a lot of the things that I... Well, three things that I read about in there. Okay, good. So um, one was more of a resource of like just ideas for summer camp, mm-hmm. and that was a huge help. Um, but no, but when, and then when I started my last job, that was one of the things I did. I had a mentor, but I also started just reading the books that he recommended me to read, um, and that was part of the process of mentoring and growing and and understanding what my job was. I have heard a similar uh, saying too that five books equals one mentor, um, and it was that books allow for they're like accelerated experience, mm-hmm. and that you get this whole you know, you you get to experience some of somebody else's life, even in a fictitious character, yeah, in the the span of a book, and. I would say that I, like that was never truer for me than re- than when reading the book Crime and Punishment, um, which I think we've talked about before. Yeah. yeah. Um, about this this character who does something really really bad and then has to live with the the regret mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I like I understand a little bit of his experience of doing something horrible for the sake of doing it, mm-hmm. and then being so overwhelmed with the the, the evil of the deed. Um, and so I, they definitely work as mentors and I think they, they give us more experience than we could ever get in that amount of time. Like our own experience Mm -hmm. is invaluable over a lifetime, but it's, it's almost like that's the cumulative experience of all of this contact with other people. And a book condenses that very, very nicely into like something that we can actually sit down and and consume in a, in a realistic period of time. Like we can't go live somebody else's life. But we can read about it and get a lot out of it. Yeah. I guess the both of those, what they 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 contribute to us, both the like the accelerated experience and the the mentor, is helping us like synthesize a bunch of information yes. in order to live our life better and to uh, to arrive at a certain type of human excellence, um, and that is. Like study is something that I, I think people like to give up on after, yeah. after like whatever, you know, like they get to a certain point and they're like, I'm done. I'm never reading another book. Like I have, I have friends who 
from the time they finished their master's degree to the time they read another book was over 10 years. Mm. Yeah, well, and I think we set ourselves up for that because in schooling, like, we were reading so much and, like, overwhelming our senses with all this information Yeah, that um, when we finally get that break, we're like, never again. (laughs) Never again do I want to do this to myself and to my head. (laughs) Yeah. I think, and perhaps this is the one of the the ways that our understanding of education at least in this country can can grow and expand is we need to we can move from seeing learning as being a subset of education or like a, a like a an like edu for us sometimes i think education is the umbrella and learning comes underneath that and mm-hmm. i think it's or school is the umbrella, learning comes underneath that. And I think it's the other way around. Learning is the umbrella. School is one of the, the mm. ways that we we yeah. learn. Um, I think it was it was either Jefferson or, or Franklin said, um, never let school get in the way of your education. Um, <laughs> and I, I love that because I think we all get it. Like there's, there's sometimes we feel like yeah. school turned us off from learning. Yeah. Um, but we all love learning in some way or the other. I mean, that's why like there's a, a whole industry of people who teach you how to do stuff on YouTube. Um, yeah. Cause of everything you could, you could ever want to know pretty much. Um, well, and you talking about that reminded me that when I started grad school, um, I have a friend who was very concerned about me losing interest in the faith <laughs> as I studied it more. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, because it just looking at the faith I have from an academic standpoint, um, he wasn't really sure. He wasn't as familiar with Franciscan University. And, um, of course, they really take great pains to ensure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're looking at the faith through a purely academic standpoint and, like, analytical, um, you could quickly lose interest in the lifeblood of the faith right. and the true um, focus on the Lord. And so his recommendation to me as I was starting was... Um, I don't care how many books they tell you to read. <laughs> I need you to read a book written by a saint that has to do with the same topic. That's really good advice. As you're reading whatever it is. So I was reading um, St. Thomas Aquinas. I was also reading Bonaventure. Okay. Um, well, you know, and St. Thomas Aquinas is a saint, but his yeah. is much more academic and where Bonaventure is uh, more about feeling and... Um, it's more poetic. Gotcha. Okay. Um, more speak, speaking to the heart. Yeah. Um, and then one semester I was, I forget what I was studying, but I ended up reading Story of a Soul that semester while I was going through my other classes. But it was just a way of me praying with the faith and growing with the faith while I was also studying it um, in a way that was comprehensive rather than analytical and carrying yeah. it apart. But that kept me going instead of being overwhelmed by, <laughs> I don't want to read anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually had a very similar experience. Nobody gave me that advice, but I actually, someone may have, um, now that I think about it. But I remember being almost like getting a little bored of just looking at the faith analytically and wandering through the library, came across books by saints mm-hmm. or about saints. Um, and that kind of, that really reinvigorated my, 
my love of God at the time. Mm. And I think it, I think you, you, in a moment ago, you used the term lifeblood. And I think, uh, like the, what study, what's so appealing about study universally is that I think we study because we love God or we're, because we're seeking God. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's all about truth and knowledge. Like I was, uh, what's the point of, of like any study except like the, even, I mean, there's, we have purposes for doing things, but sometimes people just like knowing for the sake of knowing. Yeah. And I think that's our desire for God. And that's why, uh, like keeping that, that the, almost that desire for knowledge of the other, like a person alive mm-hmm. so that the lifeblood is always in study and it does, doesn't become an autopsy. Um, mm. is so like such a, an important part of, of human activity. Um, yeah. and so I guess this, this podcast is really like a, an apologia of lifelong learning and never ending study. What does this apologia mean? Um, almost like a, an rationale and explanation or defense of, there you um, go. thanks. <laughs> um, so and honestly, we're all called to excellence. I mean... In all things, yeah. <laughs> it's really another definition of being virtuous. And so if that really is a calling that we have from God, then we really should be studying, continuing to study, even if... I mean, well, of course, while we're in school. But then once we're out of school, we should be continuing to do that. Um, I know I don't do it enough. Yeah. You, just, you used a, a, a term that I think is really strong, but there's also, it's very true, and that we have the calling to become excellent in this area. <laughs> and I think that it, that might not immediately be apparent, um, but if we are called to know, love, and serve God, we know him through study, both of him directly mm-hmm. and of the universe. And it, I think it was, it was that sense of wonder in desiring to know God that led to universities and that, it, that which is responsible for so much good today yeah um yeah so if you but, but think of the like the hundreds of thousands or millions of people who all dedicated themselves to study and as a result of of their push to learn more and to to push the, to expand the horizon of human knowledge of god led to all of the discoveries we have today mm. and so i think that like if we yeah if we want to say like what's the payoff you know so if to to just like one listener out there who might be thinking like what's what's the benefit well there's like the benefit to you of knowing god more and then how you contribute to this overall like growth of human knowledge and understanding and what that does for the church yeah. well like we'll never know what that is we'll never know the extent of that until we get to heaven uh, but that's that's part of, I think it's part of um, building the kingdom of God. God uses us in that way to build his kingdom. Well, and the other thing that you're talking about, um, you said to know, love, and serve God. You need to know someone before you can love them. Yeah. Like, the example I always give is um, my best friend, Stephanie. I love her a lot. And I could tell you all the reasons why I love her, but you wouldn't love her until you know her. Right. (laughs) So like, I have to introduce her to you. You have to know her. You have to get to know who she is, why she is good in order to love her. Um, And 
that's true about our faith too. Um, as we grow in knowledge of God, we can also grow in love of him. And it's through those two that we serve, that we are able to serve him. Um, so they're all connected. I don't think you can have one of those three without the other two. No, I don't think so. And I, I think now more than ever to serve the church, we have to be learned. Um, and there's mm. like holiness is, is first. Like we have to be holy if we're yeah, going to serve yeah, the church. Yeah, yeah. But um, a friend of mine recently was, I was speaking with her about whether or not her children should be allowed to enter religious life before college or not. And she said, God doesn't want uneducated brothers and sisters, religious brothers and sisters. And, um, the, well, I like, I would say an order can definitely educate people if they want. So I actually kind of disagreed with them on that (laughs) and that like, that's up to the order, but there's truth to that. And, um, if we want to be of service to, to, to the gospel, if we want to be like St. Paul and be all things to all people, Mm -hmm. the more we know, the more we can connect, the more those dots we can connect to make a picture of Jesus come through. Mm. Um, and that, I mean, and I think there's a, a whole set of tools that are really useful, um, like philosophy in, in all its many uh, kind of like sub-specializations like logic and, yeah. um, and metaphysics, especially ethics. Um, but even like an under, a basic understanding of science is essential. Um, and it just from the standpoint of Christians showing other people that our faith is rational and mm-hmm. that you can be really intellectually rigorous and have a deep faith at the same time. And the faith is not for people who are, who are simple minded. Um, it's, it can be apprehended by everybody. One of the things you said earlier was that, um, I think it was while we were preparing for it, but that our society is the most literate it's ever been. Yeah. So if we fail on this, we're failing our call to evangelize. We're failing in our ability to share the good news with others. Yeah. So I, I mean, that right there is a, I would, like, we could end right there and say, like, we cannot evangelize illiterate, like, really well-read, educated culture unless we ourselves are well-educated. Um, and so to be at the service of the gospel, gospel, we need to to maximize our own understanding of the world and what God has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, this is all within reason. I mean, that, like, this doesn't come before anybody's vocation of first being holy and second living out your Satan life, like being a good parent, being, like, good at whatever the Lord has called you to do. Um, but I, I have, actually, I'm going to back up on that. Like, being a good parent encompasses being educated so you can educate your own children like that's yeah i think we like i forget it's my responsibility to teach my daughter the faith before anybody else Mm -hmm. like that's not anybody's job Mm -hmm. to teach her to be a saint before mine like and if i fail at that i can't point a finger at anybody else to say like this is she's not catholic because of you if she's not catholic it'll be because i failed or she chose not to yeah that's a it's so difficult for parents. It's like a, a heavy burden. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we can just look at, like, I'll, I'll look at the areas of our life where we choose certain types of relaxation instead and maybe say, let's shift that to something that 
that builds excellence, that develops our own mm-hmm. excellence rather than something that doesn't. Well, yeah. and sometimes for me, because I'm writing a young adult novel, sometimes the study that I'm doing is looking at other, like, fiction novels yeah. from young adult authors and looking at what is it that's good about this? What is it that draws me in? What is it that I like? What techniques are being used that I can learn from mm-hmm. and utilize in my own writing? Um, actually, I think that's what it, I was listening to a webinar on how to write fiction, and that's they were telling you to read, read other fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see what speaks to you, what draws you in and identify those key things um, and the development there. Um, so studying and reading, I feel like we box that into studying for a test. Yeah. And that's not all that it can be. Right. Like that's, it's almost, that's studying with an end in mind. And this is what I think we're more talking about. Like, Becoming a lifelong, wondering at God in the universe and never stopping in that quest to know him more. Mm. Um, and so you might, you might exhaust one subject to your ability, but then there's always something else. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, so I'm, actually, I scheduled the date for my, my dissertation defense. So it's, it's on yes! the calendar. I know what it's going to be. So exciting. Um, but I'm already like, I'm chomping at the bit to move on to the next thing I'm going to learn, um, which I think is going to be a language. Um, oh, I was going to ask you if it was the banjo. <laughs> that, that too. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that'll, that's an, that's a type of study. It will be the banjo. Actually, like I'll, I'll pick up the banjo again, which I have not really picked up in, in months at this point. Um, people who've been listening, been hearing it for a year now. Um, and it's been, it's been, I probably haven't seriously played it in like, seven or eight months because um, I've been seriously doing other stuff yeah uh, oh, like yeah, yeah, holding yeah. holding a baby and, and uh, <laughs> taking care of her you can only you can't hold a baby and a banjo at the same time so once I can't hold her anymore then I'll pick up the banjo again but oh man um uh, so, so can go, we look at St. Jose Maria yeah and, yeah no we and what he says about studying yeah he we we enlisted his help because he didn't pull punches he just gets straight to the point so he hand selected a few of his short little aphorisms, sayings, um, to kind of encourage ourselves, and we hope they encourage you as well. And if you are not familiar with St. Jose Maria Escriva, this is how he writes. Like, what we're reading you is literally the whole paragraph of um, what he says. He literally writes in, like, one-liners, essentially. Um, And so it's really interesting to read through his books, the way the furrow and the forge are the three books I believe. He is a precursor to tweeting. <laughs> he would have been he, the original tweeter. Like he would have been amazing at that. Is that did I say that? Yeah. Tweeter? Because he's a tweeter. Is yeah. that right? I don't know. I don't know. Is that a word? It is a word. I have heard people use it. Okay. I don't know if that's like the most common <laughs> word. But it might be. There are right. so they are they are called tweets. Yes. Um one of the things he talks about is how being holy, trying to be holy, isn't an, ex- an excuse for poor scholarship. Which is, like, <laughs> that, I'm guilty of that. And um, I have definitely met people who, who kind of act like it's not important to know anything because God will, will just take care of things. And I think that goes back to what my friend was saying, like, the Lord doesn't need uneducated 
religious or like it didn't need uneducated anybody Mm -hmm. um to the extent of their ability um so if that if that one's kind of holding your back like well it's important for me to pray i don't really need to know there's a saint who's against you (laughs) um (laughs) and against us to to the extent that we don't take that seriously Mm -hmm. um no on the flip side he also says uh it's ridiculous to to neglect prayer in favor of scholarship yes um, because it's putting it's putting the cart before the horse yeah. Um, so let's, we probably have time for two quotes. Yeah. Um, do you want to pick one of them that you want to do? Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is The Way 341. It is good to see you put such determination into your study, provided, of course, you put the same determination into acquiring interior life. And the, I think the key word here is acquiring. Um, and it, uh, not everybody's going to reach the heights of like Teresa of Avila, although mm-hmm. everybody has the potential to with the Lord's calling. Um, but just to, to acquire, I think the, like the basics of a good interior life. And if that, if that phrase is kind of ringing hollow and you don't know what it is, I would encourage you like that. I would say the, the recognition of what an, an interior life is, is the richest part of my spiritual life. Mm. And it's akin to having an interior eye opened to see God moving inside my own life and communicating with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably, I can't think of, I mean, to reference the same state, I can't think of anybody better to do that than St. Teresa of Avila. Mm-hmm. But you can get that by studying St. Teresa of Avila. <laughs> see what I did there? It was totally unintentional. Yes, I do see what you did there. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, um, the paragraph before that, Way 340, um, if you are to be salt and light, you need knowledge, ability, or do you imagine that an idle and lazy life will entitle you to receive infused knowledge? <laughs> the thing that immediately came to mind when I read that idle and lazy life was Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I mean, I, it can be so easy to go on autopilot. Like, oh, yeah. Baby's in bed, like dishes are done, food's prepared or eaten, whatever. Netflix. I mean, like, it, it takes energy for me to not do that. <laughs> Um, but that, that does nothing. Like, I think for, for me, at least that's over prioritizing a certain type of relaxation at the expense of a far greater type of relaxation. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the word entitle in there that being as if being lazy and idle entitles you to then suddenly have knowledge. Right. Uh, there's gotta be work that's put into it. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've realized, especially in, in doing my dissertation, that the experts are experts because they've sat down before, they've sat down at a desk for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours and hours and read. And it wasn't, I mean, they, they weren't just more clever than other people. It, that wasn't it. There's no trick to like, like, oh, if you do this, you'll be smarter than everybody. Like the trick is spend a ton of time studying. Yeah, that that was the other uh, um, statistic that was given. He said, if you study for an hour a day, you'll be an expert in your field in seven years. I have heard that an before. international expert, not just like a yeah yeah an expert. Right. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that right there is is over twenty twenty one twenty two hundred hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're pretty close to a quarter of that ten thousand hour practice rule that people 
say you need to be a, a master at something, hmm. not including all of the other time you might spend in that subject. Yeah. So, um, who said that? I don't, you know, it was part of that same webinar okay, that gotcha. I was listening to that okay. really called me out on, it, it was for like two weeks. I kept seeing this, like it popping up everywhere, like on my Pinterest boards on, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I was like, God's telling me something yeah. here. Lord's being really <laughs> subtle there. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, 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 I think so. Okay, so Pharaoh 526. Yeah. You must study, but that is not enough. What do those who kill themselves working to feed their self-esteem achieve? Or those who have nothing else in mind but assuring peace of mind for a few years ahead? One has to study to gain the world and conquer it for God. Mm. Then we can raise the level of our efforts. We can try to turn the work we do into an encounter with the Lord and the foundation to support those who will follow our way in the future. In this way, study will become prayer. This one immediately called to mind Luke 12, 16 through 21, the parable of the guy who his barns are so full, so he tears them down to build new ones. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I think it's really all about like the focus of our efforts. Are we trying to build the kingdom by, by anything we do, like work, study, prayer, or are we trying to provide for ourselves and almost be like mm, our own little yeah. God? Um, and to me, that's a reminder, like, Everything has to be for the kingdom. It, that's got to be the primary purpose. Like mm -hmm. even my retirement, primary person purpose has to be the kingdom of God, not self-security. Yeah. So that's how we find Jesus in study. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Well, until next time, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you read a book before the next one. We'll try to do the same thing. <laughs> Sounds right. good. God bless you. Bye.